Hello, I'm Christian Glass, and you're listening to Season 2 of Colorado State University History Department's podcast, The Land Grant Chronicles. Written and recorded by the students in the History of Outdoor Recreation class, this season explores the crisis of outdoor recreation in the United States. This episode tells the story of the controversy over the nonprofit Protect Our Winners. For the outdoor enthusiasts out there, the name Protect Our Winners is extremely well known as it is rare to go a day of riding on the mountain without seeing a sticker or shirt with the company's logo prominently displayed. With this popularity came two sides of either unwavering support or opposition of the company. I plan on breaking down both of these sides, and by the end of this episode, hopefully you can decide for yourself if one is more valid than the other. Firstly, I will give you a brief history of Protect Our Winners, or POW for short. According to the official POW website, the organization was founded in 2007 when professional snowboarder Jeremy Jones recognized that ski resorts were receiving less snow due to climate change each year. Jeremy then founded POW to combat these issues. Since then, Protect Our Winners has been able to garner hundreds of thousands of supporters, billions in revenue, and has connected with numerous other outdoor companies. Some of these include clothing companies such as Burton, Patagonia, and the North Face, or even locations such as Arapahoe Basin, Aspen Snowmass. Beyond this, Protector Runners has paired with celebrities and professional athletes across a variety of outdoor sports to further advertise their message, and has even sponsored and endorsed multiple professors and scientists to support any claims the organization makes. With all this marketing and networking occurring, it can come into question what POW is doing with the money that it receives from supporters. Luckily, Protect Our Winners is very transparent and shows an exact breakdown of the revenue generated and spending each year. Without delving too deeply into the territory of an economics lecture, a quick overview of these numbers show that most of POW's revenue comes from the individual memberships and donations of people buying into what Protect Our Winners stands for. While just under three-fourths of the company's spending is listed as going to program spending and another 40% goes to marketing. This leads us into our final point to build Protect Our Winners case, which is to discuss the organization's current agenda. Protect Our Winners sets out a clear policy agenda highlighting four key points of action. Increasing carbon pricing, developing more renewable energy, a transition to electric transportation, and further sustainability of public lands. It is at this point that I would like to shift the focus against Protect Our Winners and show how there may be more to the championed outdoor company than previously believed. One major concern people have with a company like Protect Our Winners is the effect of greenwashing. The term greenwashing is used when a company uses massive claims of sustainability and eco-friendly practices in order to seem more appealing to the public, but in actuality is producing false information or not carrying out the claims they have made. This is seen specifically with POW's Take Action section of their website, where ambiguous and vague statements are made to make supporters feel more involved than they really are. Statements such as educate yourself, get the big picture, and become a climate activist are all found on this page and offer excellent words of encouragement but nothing of actual value to someone trying to become more active in the environmental community. Additionally, POW rates the transition from gas-powered cars to that of electric ones as an extremely high priority. But according to the EPA, motor vehicle pollution ranks lower than that of electricity, agriculture, and industry pollution levels. This matches a trend of hypocrisy found in the company's ranks, as there are no outcries by Protect Our Winners to change the practices of the ski industries it swears to defend. There are no campaigns to lower the millions of gallons used in snowmaking a year or to reduce the impact of thousands of tourists flying or driving to locations to ski for one single weekend. Now that you have heard both sides of the argument over Protect Our Winners, there is no easy answer to the question of if the company should be considered good or not. On one hand, to throw away the billions of dollars raised in the name of sustainability seems foolish, but on the other, to blindly follow the values of such a two-sided company seems equally as much. So I believe it is best to compromise between the two and fully support the message and intentions of the company but perhaps leave the stickers and shirts out of your shopping cart until action is taken. <laughs>